Thanks for, thanks for coming. I'm super excited about um, what God's doing in our church, especially with the grow, uh, grow groups and the grow gathering we had and just some awesome times that are, that are happening through that and, and in that. And this, this whole, um, we're, we, we've been actually going through a sermon series called Stuck in, a Mo- in the Moment. And um, that's why we've got our clocks. And um, sometimes life can just feel very, like, I'm not moving. There's no growth. What's going on? Um, and we have to look at that. As we've been going through the book of Philippians, the Apostle Paul has truly been showing us some things that can keep us stuck. Has been showing us um, in, the, in the book of Philippians that what typically we face on a daily basis is problems and people. Problems we can't handle and people we can't stand. Um, it's just what hits us. And, and how, do we, how do we live free? How can we live in this world with our eyes set on Jesus for the world to come? One thing that I was challenged on recently was uh, um, I was listening to a, a, um, a sermon and one of the things that this man said was we, we so much focus on the last 10 to 20 years of our life. We spend a lot of our time focused on that part. Focused on, on how we're going to pay the bills if we're retired, or how are we going to set up our health care, or how are we going to set up our, uh, our, not just retirement, but maybe 401k, and just all these different things. We spend a lot of time on that, but we neglect the first 10 million years of eternity. We're so focused on the 10 years, we, we neglect the 10 million years to come. And that's what the Apostle Paul is truly trying to get us to focus on and look at, is that idea of having the mindset of Christ and the ministry of Christ, or the the attitude of Christ and the actions of Christ. It's very simple. And yet, it's something we have to struggle with every day so that we're not stuck. I've been hearing some really good stories about people who are, you know, that you have come, some of you have come and just said, this is the thing I've been struggling with. But God is showing me that I can be free. And so today, one of the things that, that I feel we struggle with a lot in, in America today um, is something that this next clip that I want to show you, it's one of my favorite movies. One, because it has my, one of my favorite actors in it, uh, Jack Lemmon. It's a great, if some of you know this film, uh, some of you are privileged enough to know this film. Uh, I, I, I think it's free on Netflix, but I think it's a great film. But it really shows this whole concept of this next thing that we're going to talk about that we can get stuck in. So what I'd like to do is show this clip very quickly and then we'll talk about it. Is that a beautiful city or is that a beautiful city? Oh, that's a beautiful city. George, they can't find the bag. They lost our luggage. Jack Lemon and Sandy Dennis are the out-of-towners in Neil Simon's outrageous comedy about New York City. Hold it. Uh, what's wrong? Put your hands up. Oh, my God! Get that wall. Don't make a sound. When they take you for an out-of-towner, they really take you. You mean to tell me that I was mugged while I was sleeping? You're not telling me you didn't hold the room for me. Man, move it! Oh, my God, we're being kidnapped. I'm a business executive from a folks. Look, I've got no place to sleep. I've got no money. I want to know what the city intends to do about this. 
need now is hope and courage. We don't surrender. You hear that, New York? We don't quit. Now, how do you like that? You go ahead and you can rob me and starve me and break my teeth and my wife's ankles. I'm not leaving. <laughs> okay. How many of you have actually seen that movie, The Outer Tower? They, they tried to remake it with Steve Martin, and I love Steve Martin, but wasn't as good. Um, what I love about that that show is uh, that movie is here. You have these two people, and he's supposed to be going to a job interview. Um, you know, they're from Ohio, and they're like, "We're going to the big city, and we're gonna we're not only gonna go there. We're not tourists. We're going to stay." And, and we're going to get this job, and, and we're going to have... I mean, it's just going to be awesome. Our life is going to be completely different. But, but they, they just go through it. If you see, I mean, he, them getting mugged. I mean, lose, they don't even have a room. They have to sleep in Central Park. Um, they're literally starving in Central Park at one point, and they, they're eating these Cracker Jacks that they get out of the trash that a big dog wrestles them for and runs off. I mean, it's just hilarious. And they're just like, oh... And by the end of the movie, I'm sorry for giving it away, but you should still see it. It's great. Um, you know, he, he is saying, he's like, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give up. But they give up. And they give up because they realize, you know what? We, we truly are out-of-towners. This isn't our place. And, and, and that really just exemplifies what we're going to talk about today. It really just gives this idea. And it, again, if you, if you could, we got notes that we do. Um, and the, the best way is just these two ideas. And let me just give them to you really quick. The first is the traveler. You see, a traveler is on a path directed by God with all they are, with all they've got. This is what they thought they were. They thought they were traveling to New York to take New York. They thought they were traveling there to stay there. But the truth is, they got to a point where they saw the next part they realized that they were just tourists. That's that next part, the tourist. The tourist is only visiting. You see, they, they, they just have enough clothes and enough provisions for a certain amount of time, and then they're out. Many of us love to go places as tourists because you know that eventually you're going to come home or you're going back, you're turning back. God doesn't call tourists. And see, what we want to look at today is that idea of, are you truly a traveler? In the old days, they used to call it a pilgrim. Are you traveling with Jesus, or are you just a tourist? Because this is the day and age we live in, where it's very easy to be a tourist. But are you really going to drop everything and travel with Jesus, as Jesus did with us? That was the attitude of Christ. That was the mindset of Christ, to drop everything and be a servant. He traveled with us. Are we going to travel with him? And so if we were looking at the, um, the take-home truth today, we have always just have that simple take-home truth, and it's this. Being free or not being stuck in the moment means we live as travelers, not as tourists every day. Let's do, do me a favor. Can we stand up for the hearing of God's word? Just leap to your feet. We're going to read... Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through chapter 4, 1. It's very simple. It's, he, Apostle Paul says this. He says, Not that I have already obtained 
all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took a hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us then, who are mature, should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Join together in following my example, brother and sisters. And just as I have, as you have modeled, or have us as a model, I keep, sorry, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. For as I have often told you before now, tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables Him to bring everything under His control will transform you, whom I love and long for, my joy, I'm sorry, in his, in the, like in His glorious body. I don't know why I'm having such a hard time here. I apologize. Uh, <laughs> verse 1 of chapter 4. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. Okay, you may be seated. Um, before I go, I, I'm sorry, I just realized, I think the junior high is, going, is to be excused. If you don't know that and, you want, and you're a junior higher and you want to go to the junior high um, Sunday school, they're meeting right behind us in the fellowship hall. So, sorry, I forgot to tell you that. Um, Okay, there's a lot going on here. I'm sorry that it's a long passage, but, but the Apostle Paul is saying two things here. One, are you a traveler or are you a tourist? And, and in verse 12 through 17, he's really laying it out what it means to be a traveler. And from 18 on, he says, this is what a tourist is and what the tourist trap can be. And so what I'd love to do is just break this down as simply as, it, as the Apostle Paul writes it. In verse 12, he says, not that I have already obtained all of this. Or arrived at my goal. See, Paul is saying here that he, he doesn't, he does not fully know Christ or the power of his resurrection or the fellowship of his suffering. He's just continuing on what he said in that last, that last part. But he says he presses on. He presses on. This is an interesting word. It's deoko. And, and literally what it means is it, it means the same word is to persecute somebody. So what Paul is doing here is he's saying, as the great persecutor of the church, and people would have remembered this, he was a terrorist of Christians. And he uses a terrorist word here. He says, but I, I literally press on. I'm, I persecute that same passion that I persecuted the church is the same passion that I travel with Jesus. He flips this word around. Just like, almost like Jesus wants to take your life and flip it around, and those things that you once saw as so horrible, he can use to his glory. Jesus loves to do that. And so what he's doing here with Paul is the same thing. And he's saying, I'm going to grab hold of this. Literally, I'm just going to, I'm going to wrench it and grab it and hold on to it as strong and as hard as possible as the same as Jesus has done with me. This is a traveler mentality. See, the tourist doesn't think that way, right? This is a great place, but I can't wait to get home. No, Paul says there is no going home. There's only going forward. And I press on. And that's that first part. If, if, if We're going we're to look at a couple of things that a traveler looks like first. 
And that first aspect is a traveler can see their life honestly. You see, a traveler can see their life honestly. See, the, the traveler has this beautiful, beautiful, brilliant aspect, that, that, that power given from God to be honest. Which is not something we see today very, very, very much. I mean, look what he says. Brothers and sisters, in verse 13, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. Paul, you're not going to sell many Bibles like that. I don't know if you know this, Paul, but you're supposed to be a Christian. You're supposed to be good. You're supposed to have it all together. He says, I don't have it all together. The guy that wrote pretty much almost the New Testament is being brutally honest. He says, I'm still going for it. I don't have it perfect. I don't have it all together. And some of you have been in that position. I mean, maybe you come to, came today going, I just don't have it all together. But for some reason, as soon as you walk through the door, you wipe your face and it's all good and smiles and happy and, 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 and we have this tendency to lose the honesty that a traveler should have. See, a tourist puts on a happy face because I'm going to go home. But a traveler has to be honest. We just do. See, we don't have to be defensive about the ugly things in our life. We, we, we don't have to hide those things. A traveler is the most honest person you'll meet. See, I, I hate to do this to you, but, but think about the omniscience of God, the all-knowing aspect of God. It's a theological term, just omniscience. It means all-knowing. Jesus knows everything about you, every little detail. All the things that you have taken your whole life and never told anything about. Maybe there's that area of your life that you just, you just have regrets. Maybe it's that area of your life when you were young or, 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 or things that you've done that you know I mean, you're not proud of and you do your best to kind of never think about that. Jesus knows it. He knows it all. And he still is madly in love with you. See, Jesus is honest with you. Are you an honest traveler with others and yourself? Now, next is, is a traveler can see their life humbly. He says this, But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind. This is an interesting word of forgetting. It's, it's not really like, I don't think about it at all. I just try to live my life like with blinders on. Don't, don't talk about that. No, no, it's this idea of I allow redemption to come into my past. It's like I've taken my past and I've said, Here, Jesus, it's all yours. All my good, all my bad. It's the humility of it. It's coming before him and saying, Man, I, I blew it in my marriage. I blew it with my kids. Or I, I, was, I was just a, man, when it came to high school, huh, look what I did. It's being humble about it. It's literally allowing the Lord to have it and not being afraid of that. And Paul says, this is the power, the, the power that comes from God. There's a great verse in the Bible and it says, um, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. It's one of my favorite verses. Because in that verse, what we see is, is the same term as the angel that stands in front with the fiery sword of the Garden of Eden that will not allow mankind to enter back in is the same terminology that God uses in that verse when he says God opposes the proud. Literally, the biggest angel stud you've ever seen with a flaming sword standing in front of you saying, you're not going anywhere. But when you come and say, this is who I am. This is all I've got. 
I'm giving it to you, Jesus. That angel steps back and says, enter in. That's the humility that a traveler has. See, the Christian traveler can honestly and humbly embrace the truth of Christ and be free from those voices and pains of the past. Think of it, to not be controlled by the past hurts and abuse of parents or family members, to be free from the pain that they passed on to you from an early age, to be free from those choices you made in your past that fill you with regret every time they come up, to no longer be driven by the need to be accepted or affirmed. Because as a young person, person, that affirmation and attention was not there. To be free from the hurts that, that you're trying to escape from today with, through addictions. To be free from the guilt, the anger, the grudges. You see, this is what a traveler embraces. Do you see why most people choose to be a tourist? <laughs> a traveler is free to see their life humbly. Third, a traveler can see their life hopefully. Paul says, in straining toward what is ahead, I press on. He again uses that word. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. See, in the ancient world, they, they, um, they, they would have these athletic competitions. In fact, in, in, in Greece and in Rome with the Olympics, one of the biggest honors, I mean, they, they would give a prize, but that prize was not what you and I think of it. You know, m- many times today, you know, we look at it, it was, oh, did they get the gold medal? Did they get the silver medal? Did they get the, 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 the copper medal or whatever it is? You know, I mean, that whole idea, the bronze medal. Um, it, it, it's, that, that's great. But see, in the ancient world, it wasn't about that because a lot of times they would just give you a wreath, which would basically crumble and fall away over time. The real prize was in that day, the athlete that won would come forward and meet the emperor or the king or the main person in charge. And that was the prize. And so when Paul is saying this, all of the ideas of the Philippians right here are directed towards that. You mean we get to meet King Jesus? Yes. That's the goal. That's the prize. To be connected to our Heavenly Father. To be connected to the King of Kings, to the Lord of Lords. To have a relationship restored. That's the hope. That's why he goes on. All of us then who are mature should take view of such things. Remember that it's about Jesus. that he, We're going to meet Him. We should remember these things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Again, if you're taking notes, we're, we're all at different parts of our journey as we travel with Jesus. That's all Paul's saying here. You know, there's this, there's, there's this blasphemy going to the, through the church that says, um, it, and I, I consider it heresy because it's not found in the scripture that you're either a good Christian or a bad Christian. I, I don't like that. Paul never uses that. In fact, you're either a Christian or you're not a Christian. That's it. We're just all on different paths towards Jesus if we're on that path with Jesus. You see, some of us might be farther along, but that doesn't mean we're better then. And a lot of times we like to talk down instead of passing it around. And what Paul here is doing is just saying, stop talking down to each other, pass it around to each other. 
See, the idea that, that we can be at different points, man, I'm struggling with this, is the idea of I get it because I was there at one time. And I, and I know, I know kind of how you feel. Can I come alongside you? Can I stop for a minute to, to, to help you? It's the idea that we're all on different parts of this. And travelers get that. They just do. But tourists are too busy trying to get in the sights and get home. There are also people, by the way, here who need to get moving and stop trying to go back and be a tourist. This is why Paul says what he says next. He says in verse 16, Only let us live up to what we have already attained. What we had already... And again, that word attain in the Greek is not we reached it because we really tried hard. No, it's inherited. What we've already just been... Have what we received as a gift. Because Christianity isn't about working harder and harder. I gotta do this. I gotta do that. I, I spoke recently at an at a elderly home. And I was tempted, and even in my brain, just to go, man, here I am speaking to the elderly people who are infirmed, and aren't I a good Christian? No! As if I can do something to make myself better. Oh, I'll serve at the Blessing Center, and then I'll be a really good Christian. No! How many people have I talked to today about Jesus? No! I can't attain it. I just inherit it. Jesus says, here, you didn't earn this. I'm giving it to you. That's the idea. Now, the problem with this is, I've found, is a lot of times, um, let me just make a blanket statement here. The truth is that God won't hold you accountable for something that you don't know. The issue is not about what we don't know. The issue is, a lot of times, what we do know, but just don't want to do it. Uh, how many of you have kids? What I love is we have a chore chart right on our like refrigerator. I mean, it's there. It hasn't moved. It's been there for like a year. The kids know it. But every time, without fail, okay, who's the kitchen? I don't know. <laughs> you have no excuse. It's right there. How do you not know? I didn't know. And they still try to fight that with me. And I just stand there. I don't yell at them. I just go, <clears throat> and I point to the chore chart. It's right there. You know who's supposed to do it. I know, I know. So the truth is, you just didn't want to do it, right? Yeah. <laughs> See, we struggle with what we already know. We're just having a hard time doing it. I, there's many people I've counseled uh, through the years, kids and adults. And, I mean, and I've very rarely found somebody that just honestly didn't know what to do. Because at the end of that session, they, they were like, I kind of knew this was the truth. I just need help doing it. Let us live up to what God has already shown us. See, what this points out is that a traveler is in it for the long haul. A traveler is in it for the long haul, whereas a tourist turns back when it gets tough. See, never does God say in the Bible that it's going to be easy or comfortable to follow Him. I wish it did. I wish I could be a church that says, here, here's all these presents, here's all these good things, and, and you know what, God just wants you to be happy all the time, and He wants to, he wants to give you a, a Ferrari. Everybody drive a Ferrari. I, I wish I could say that, because I want a Ferrari. Anybody else? <laughs> you see, it's just not that way. It's just not. 
and, and, and tourists want to see the best stuff and they want to see it right now and I paid good money for this. But a traveler's like, I've given up everything. I can't go back. I'm in it for the long haul. This is why Paul, what he says is, is so important. Verse 17, he says, Join together as a group, as a church, as his bride, as his people. Join in following my example, brothers and sisters. And just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. You see, Paul is pointing out something that's just super simple to, to mankind. Paul knows that if we are going to really last, we must have godly company. See, human beings truly are like sheep. I used to, a lot of you know I, I was a youth pastor and I worked with kids a lot and I'd have parents come in and say, my kid is just rebelling, they're just doing these things and it's crazy and I'm afraid and I would have some hardcore conversations with many, 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 many parents and 100% of the time, 100% of the time, I would say, who are the kids that your child is hanging out with? Because I guarantee you, they're rebels that your kid's hanging out with. That's why they're rebelling. The, the, the kids your kids are hanging out with are probably drinking. That's why your kid's drinking. They're, they're the ones smoking pot. That's why your kid's smoking pot. Or they're the ones robbing you know, uh, uh, cars on the street. That's why your kid's robbing cars on the street. See, Paul is just pointing out something super simple. In fact, he talks about this in the book of 1 Corinthians. In the book of 1 Corinthians 15, he says, don't, don't be caught unaware, but bad company corrupts good morals. Who you hang out with is how you will be. Uh, one of the things that I would say to the parents is, show me your friends and I will show you their future. And Paul very much so is just saying this. See, this is why, by the way, I go to a prayer group on Thursday. I have struggled with prayer for a long time. Maybe you're like me, but I'm kind of one of those guys that never stops. The, the alarm wakes me up, I'm up, and I'm a, I go, 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 go. And so to sit down and spend time in prayer is agony. And I don't mean that to... Don't look at me with that tone of voice. I know you, some of you are feeling the same way. I mean, I love prayer. I do. I love Jesus and I want to talk to Him. But sitting there for an hour? Oh my gosh. It's so difficult. So one of the biggest and most helpful things that I did, and believe me, it wasn't because I'm so special. It's just because I felt the Lord saying, go to here. I, I go to the prayer meeting at, at, at the Blessing Center at, at 8 o'clock in the morning until 9 o'clock, and I am sitting next to people that I'm able to model prayer, and wow, I'm becoming a person of prayer. You want to pray? Get with people who pray. See, this works the other way around. You want to learn to follow Jesus with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul. Get with other travelers. It's that simple. This is what I'm so excited about in our grow groups. We've got about 40 people in our tiny church that are saying, let's get together. Let's stand together on a weekly basis and seek the Lord. Because we don't just say we connect with the community. We don't just say we grow in faith together or serve Jesus. We mean it. And so that's what it's about. That's what the Apostle Paul is saying. The alternative is to continue to be a tourist. 
and turn back. This is why Paul puts up this warning. Again, he's going to point out the tourist traps. He's going to see, he's talked about a traveler. This is what it means. And now, this is what tourism looks like. Verse 18, For as I have often told you before, and now warn you or tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is is set on earthly things. Notice what, Jesus, or what Paul doesn't say. He doesn't say they are enemies of Jesus. He says they're enemies of the cross. You see? The cross of Christ. It's an interesting word. Christ literally means king. And so what he's saying is, that he, he's saying that these people are enemies of the cross of our king. Because I believe there are many people that say, I love Jesus. I've met a lot of tourists that say, I love Jesus. Oh, Jesus is my man. He's my best friend. There are many people that go to church and say, Jesus. They raise their hands. They can get on their knees and they can lift them and they praise the Lord. But what does it come down to when when they meet the cross? That Jesus says, we pick up our cross daily and follow him. See, Jesus makes that clear in Luke chapter 9 that travelers are to follow Him and pick up their cross every day. Because it's one thing to say, I love Jesus and and check it out, but it's a whole other thing to identify, as Paul said, with the actions of Christ in the previous chapter, with suffering, fellowship in His resurrection and His suffering. Every day we're to seek the attitude of Jesus and live the actions of Jesus. And so Paul says, here's three tourist traps that we can do, that we can fall into to get stuck. First trap is to be commanded by your senses. In the old days they would say the sensual. Their God is their stomach. This is an interesting word that he uses. I mean, this this whole idea of their gut, their belly, their reactions. This is the appetites that can dominate our choices, our life. And it's so much more than food here. Because as America, we're not concerned with food, are we? Okay, just checking. I I, I mean that in jest. Because you guys all know that Americans are all about food. (laughs) We are. Either we eat this way too much, or we really focus on what not to eat. And if you go to the third world countries, which the majority of the world lives in, they laugh at that. Because they're like, I just want to eat something. And we're so focused on what not to eat or telling other people what not to eat. And it's crazy. But we live in a time and a culture that says it feels good, do it. That's the idea here of being commanded by our senses. I I, I mean, I'm getting tired of that whole concept of we're only animals, just do what feels good. If it's in your heart, then it must be right, just follow it. All of this is just being commanded by our senses. What we taste, what we touch, what we feel, what we see, what we hear... What matters most in this tourist trap is that I feel good. And and, and one of the saddest things to me is the church has been affected by this. See, I want to go to a church that makes me feel good. Will I feel welcome? Well, I hope so. We want to be a welcoming church. We want to be a giving church. We want to be a loving church. But we want to be a church that says, now you give. Now you help. Now you serve. Now you grow. 
Because when I come and I'm really following the Lord, I'm not comfortable. But I'm growing. I'm working out my spiritual muscles. See, a traveler gets this and is not commanded by their senses. Second trap is to celebrate the shameful. And he goes on to say, and their glory is in their shame. Have you ever just stood in the checkout line at the store? I was getting stuff today. I, was, I had to get ice. And I'm just sitting there and I'm looking at it. And, and it's all about sex. It's all about health. It's all about money. It's all about success. It's all about happiness. It's almost like... We, if you were to take what we see on the news with, you know, the TV, I mean, look at reality shows, I mean, look at the majority of shows, it's all pushing these things. You see, and when Paul says, and their glory is in their shame, he's pointing to the idea of idols, to be dependent on idols, and you're happy about it, as opposed to being dependent on God. And yet, how many times do we fall into this trap? If I just get that relationship, idol, because it's first. Nothing wrong with relationships. They're great. God gave them. He said it's not good that man and woman should be alone. But when we put that first above God, then we glory in our shame because that's going to let you down. If I just had that job... See, if I got that job, then I would be happy, and then I wouldn't have to worry, and then, and we put it above. We glory in that, and we tell other people, I am so excited about this, 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 this. What's interesting to me is when people come to worship, a lot of times what I see is just people worshiping, but you can't tell they're worshiping, because they're like this. Now, maybe they're dealing with God, and there's nothing wrong with that. But, you put them in a concert with their favorite band, are they going to go like this? No, they're going to be, ah, right, yeah, excited, yeah, I'm going crazy, this is great. Got a privilege to see Dr. Mark over there and his band, the McKintry Boys, doing Irish fiddle, and all you tell you, it was amazing. I looked around, I didn't see, and these people, I mean, some of them, you know, it was an interesting but crowd, you know. And one guy, I mean, it was, it was kind of interesting, one guy comes up, and he's cursing, and this is amazing, I'm like, oh, okay, he's excited. I didn't see one person sitting there going, you know, I didn't see it. People were excited. People were into it. See, celebrating. And that, that wasn't shameful. <laughs> Please don't understand me. I mean, music and having that good stuff, that's great. But is it above God? Do we place it in front of God? That's what idols are. Idols aren't these evil things. Most of the time, idols are great things. Family, friends, good stuff, having a job, working hard. These are good things, but are you celebrating in them over the Lord? Are you worshiping at the feet of those things over the Lord? Simple truth is, if you don't set your sights on traveling with Jesus, you will settle here with the idols. And we can fall into the trap of celebrating the shameful. Third trap is to have our mindset on the secular. See, their mind is set on earthly things. This is the saddest trap of all because earthly things are temporary. Earthly things are affected by the second law of thermodynamics. See, earthly things are always in a state of decay where rust and moth destroy and thieves break in 
It's like Jesus knew science. So many people are stuck in this trap. What is so important right now, moths are eating at. Rust is destroying. And thieves can break in. The greatest litmus test for this, the understanding of, if you want to just pause right now and be like, man, am I stuck in this trap? Well, are you anxious? Because if you have anxiety over something, it's probably because it's rusting away or moths are eating at it or a thief can break in and take it. Is your mindset on the secular? But Paul doesn't leave it there. He says, these are the traps. These are what we can hit. But he puts in that godly but in verse 20. But our citizenship is in heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven. See, Paul just outlined something simple here. Travelers live daily with the hope of heaven as their focus. See, what's interesting is Paul... Paul does something here that a lot of times we don't get because we're not first century Roman citizens. See, the Philippians were chosen to be citizens above any other place. And they were in the middle of Greece. Philippi is in the middle of Greece. But what happened was the Philippians, at just the right time, that city, at just the right time, backed Caesar Augustus, who happened to be Caesar at the time. They backed them and they supported him as emperor. And because of that, he became emperor. And in turn, he went to Philippi, this little colony in the middle of Greece, of not all these Roman citizens. And he went into this place and said, Now you're Roman citizens. You have all the privileges of citizenship. And the Philippians were proud of that. I mean, you'd meet a Philippian and they'd be like, I'm a Philippian and I'm a Roman citizen and I'm proud of it. And the interesting thing is, as Roman citizens, they would have to praise and worship their savior, Caesar. Caesar Christos, the king. That's what they would do. So Paul is literally taking what they have put so much stock in and turning it upside down and saying it's, it's really about Jesus. Is he your king? See, you're not, you're not a tourist with Jesus. You need to have your hope in heaven. And a traveler gets that this future hope of heaven is present help today. That's why he goes on to say, and we eagerly await a savior from there. See, God just doesn't say, hey, join up and I'll, I'll see you when you're dead. No, he says, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to help today, that's that idea, to help today, to bring everything under his control. See, Christianity wasn't meant to be this pie-in-the-sky theology of, oh, I'm going to believe, and one day I'll get help, and one day, you know, I'll die, and then everything will be better. No, God was meant to come into our life and affect our life, to not just come down and say, I'm here for you as your Savior, but I'm also here as your King. And I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to travel with you through the valleys of the shadow of death. My rod and my staff will comfort you. Now the Christian sees the hope of heaven and is filled with the power of Christ to help today. And see, by the way, there were no chapters and verses in, in Paul's writing. He, did, he didn't do that. That didn't come in until the Gutenberg press and we started printing out Bibles and we're like, hey, you know it's easier to read if we put chapters and verses in here. So that's why I included chapter 4, verse 1 because he's really just still saying the same thing here. And he says, that's why, therefore, 
Because all these things we just said, the difference between tourists and travelers. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord this way, dear friends. Stand firm. See, he's again using the idea of together. Stand firm as a phalanx. Like the, like the Roman unit that made Rome so successful. They stood together. They did not give up. It wasn't about one person. It was about the church. That's what he says here. Be a traveler with Jesus together. Stand firm. The first church got this. They stood firm together. That's why we have church today. This is why, again, I want to point out the grow groups. We have an opportunity to stand firm together. What I'd love for you to do right now is we're going we're to bring up the worship team. and I've talked long enough. should have stopped talking a while ago, but I get going and I'm, I apologize. But I, I really want us to come to a place where we don't just hear the Word, but we respond to the Word. See, we should never just have it go in one ear and go out the other. So the question I have for you today is simple. Have you fallen into a tourist trap? Are, are you commanded by your senses? In other ways to look, are you directed by your own desires? Have you been celebrating the shameful or declaring things to be more important than God? And has your mindset been on the secular? Have you been depending on those things that are decaying? We have an opportunity in this community. See, I love what small church can do. I love big church, but small church has got its own advantage. We can actually know each other. We have an opportunity when people stumble to stand right next to them and pick them up. We have an opportunity to get to know each other as God wanted us to get to know each other. In a community, connected, growing in faith together and serving. Don't let this year go by remaining a tourist. Join Jesus in, like He came. He's forever. I was just talking with Dex about this. Jesus didn't just join the human race, do what He did and step out. It says He will forever wear the scars. He will forever be 100% human as well. Jesus didn't just step into it and said, that was great for a little bit, now I'm gone. No, He's forever a human being. And we'll forever be able to praise Him because of He's also 100% God. Where can we stand with you this week? Lord, we come before you and we thank you. Lord, I know there's my brothers and sisters are here and each one of us has different things we struggle with. We're on different parts of this path with you. Lord, some here, they don't even really know you. They've never truly given their lives to Jesus. They've never just done it. They've never said, Lord, I want to be a traveler with you. Lord, if that's the case, we pray that there would be people right now that would say, I want to follow you. I'm tired of being commanded.
guided by my own desires and celebrating the shameful and having my eyes on the secular. I want to have my eyes on Jesus. Lord, I just pray if there's people here today that also need prayer or help or hope, Lord, they would come down and they would, they would hang out and we could pray for them. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity opportunity to give to you the opportunity to be your fellow travelers we love you and we thank you and right now we just want to bring the, the ushers down forward and it's just another opportunity for us to travel with you to trust you Lord we just want to give back to you what you've given to us Lord, we might be small, but we serve a lot. Lord, I thank you for connecting us all together and making us the community that can stand together, whether it be in our finances, whether it be in our relationships. You are good, and you're doing something. So we just give back to you now. In Jesus' name.